because of his love for the Lord, his love for the truth, his love for the word of God. Amen. So if you want to know what Valentine is about, that's what Valentine about. So it's not about romantic love. It's not about roses and chocolate. <laughs> it's about the love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we say amen to that? Amen. So don't allow the devil to hijack what belongs to God. Amen. All right. So this morning, we're looking at the word of God and getting the understanding and also the impartation of his divine love. So this morning is about the divine love of God. Amen. Now, I want you to understand that in the ancient mythology, we're talking about, you know, in the ancient non-Christian culture and in the history of those nations and countries, for example, the Greeks, they had the goddess of love called Aphrodite. When I was in the Hong Kong University, I studied Greek literature. That's before I got born again. So the Greeks had Aphrodite as the goddess of love. And the Romans had Venus as their goddess of love. So when we talk about the goddess of love, they were associated with love between a man and a woman. And also associated with lust with beauty, pleasure, passion, and procreation and fertility. So those goddesses were worshipped by what? Temple prostitutes. Temple prostitutes were made up of both adults and children. They were actually the sex slaves of those days. They were sold into the temple as prostitutes, both adults and children. Performing sexual acts of prostitutes as an act of worship. So I want you to understand that those demons, okay, those were sexual devils and they are still very, very active today and blindly worship still by a lot of people. Have you heard of phrases like fall in love? How many of you have heard of phrases like fall in love? Yes. Have you heard of falling head over heels in love? Yes. So it's not dragging our feet into love, right? It's not wandering <laughs> my way into love. And often is love at first sight rather than after careful inspection of that person. It's always love at first sight instead of let me examine his virtues, let me examine her faults before I fall in love. So from those phrases, you realize that the world, who is the God of the world? Come on, tell me. The devil. So the God of the world, devil, the devil, Satan himself, of course, is using this to destroy people. So a lot of times people fall in love madly. People are blindly in love. And as a result, you have a lot of divorces after that. 
You have a lot of quarrels after that. You have a lot of children forsaken by their parents after that. A lot of bitterness, anger, unforgiveness in human relationships. Generationally. Generationally. Romantic love is famous for being overwhelming, irresistible, and ballistic. It is in control of people instead of the people being in control of that love. How many of you have heard of Cupid? How many of you have seen the figure Cupid with his bow and arrow? Yes, that's the stupid Cupid, right? So with his bow and arrow, he is actually the god of erotic love and attraction. So anyone who is shot by Cupid's arrow is filled with uncontrollable lust and desire. And that person becomes a victim of Eros, who is the Greek god of love and sex. That person becomes a victim of lust. So when we talk about falling in love, we're talking about being a victim of the devils of love. Is the kind of love that is erotic, is the kind of love that is out of control, is the kind of love that seeks to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I want you to understand that those are not legendary figures. They are not just historical, cultural figures. They are real demons with an ulterior motive to destroy humans with lustful emotions and sexuality. I want you to understand that nothing hurts as much as sexuality. Nothing hurts as much as romantic relationships. People have committed suicide. People have committed violence, even murder, because of that. There is a difference, a big difference between I feel good And it is good for me. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You may feel good eating lots of chocolate, but it's not good for you. So feeling good is very different from it's good. We need to understand that feelings, human emotions, feelings, do not know righteousness, do not know the truth. So if you live by feelings, if you live by emotions, you are being lied to. You are being manipulated. You are being victimized. You are being controlled all the time. And you will be crushed and you will be destroyed. I want to let you know that the feeling ram, come on, say with me, the feeling ram. The feeling ram is the ram of demons. You can never hear God with your feelings. God does not talk to you through your feelings. God talks to you through your spirit. It's called the spirit of sonship. It's deep on the inside of no. The deep on the inside of you, you know, and you know, and you know that it's God speaking to you. And it may be against 
how you feel. It may be against what you feel, but it's the Lord. It's your Father. It's the Holy Spirit. It's your Savior, Jesus Christ, talking to you in your spirit. It's called the spirit of truth. It's called the spirit of sonship. The word lust in Greek in the Strong's Concordance, it's the word orexis, which actually means excitement of the mind. Excitement of the mind. How many of you have heard of the word dopamine? Dopamine. Yes, you have heard of the word dopamine. Dopamine is actually called love hormones. Love hormones. Dopamine, dopamine, the hormone in you is associated with feelings of pleasure and reward. Activities that trigger a rush of dopamine, causing the brain to assign importance to those activities and thereby motivating the individual to pursue those feelings. The feelings triggered by dopamine include the food that you like, beauty that you enjoy, friendship that you enjoy, and also sexual desires and romantic love. So when you feel that you're being romantic, it's actually a rush of dopamine. So Romance is actually not that romantic after all, but it's just a rush of chemicals in your brain. And that's why it's called aroxis in the Greek. When we talk about feeling, is that okay? I'm now ruining your romance. <laughs> when we talk about feelings, we are talking about one third of your human soul. Can you tell me what is your soul made up of? Come on, tell me. Your soul is made up of your will and then your thoughts and then your emotions. So your feelings is made up of, I'm sorry, your, your feelings make up of one third of your soul. And no wonder feelings can be overwhelming. And that's why it's very, very important for us to understand our feelings. And it's very, very important for us to be in control of our feelings. It's very, very important for our spirit to lay hold of our feelings. And it's very, very important when it comes to hearing the voice of God that you can discern that is the devil talking to you in your feelings and not God speaking to you in your spirit. So it's very important that you can discern God's voice from the voice of your human feelings. Strong human feelings are called the lust of the flesh in the Bible. Okay? So feelings can be driving can be overwhelming and can be controlling. Feelings, please listen to me. Feelings do not know righteousness. 
Feelings do not know holiness. Feelings need, human feelings need to be sanctified. Human emotions must be sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Your spirit is born again. The word of God says that you still need to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Your soul needs to be transformed. The soul needs to be transformed. Transformed by the renewing of the mind. Even in the world, they know that it's much better to live by the mind being rational instead of being emotional. Isn't that true? And yet, very sad to say, a lot of Christians confuse feelings with the voice of the Holy Spirit. So it's important for us to understand. So feelings can be perverted. Feelings can become ugly, can become violent and destructive, as we can see in domestic violence. Feelings change. Feelings fluctuate. Feelings go after a consummation. And once that emotion is consumed, like a flower, it withers. And that's why romantic relationship can be very, very sweet. Our first date can be very, very sweet. But then as soon as we are married, or one year into the marriage, it seems like, You don't bring me flowers anymore. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So, it's very important for us to understand that feelings do not last. And they have to be fed and maintained all the time. Feelings can consume. Listen to this. This is very important. Feelings can consume and deplete your spirit. So if you are a very emotional person, if you are a very soulish Christian, your spirit becomes weak or your spirit becomes fanatical, led the wrong way. You are a fanatical Christian, but you are not a spiritual Christian. It's important that we understand that. We need to know that whatever we feed grows. Come on, say with me. Whatever I feed grows. One more time. Whatever I feed grows. So if I feed my spirit, what grows? My spirit. If I feed my mind, what grows? My intellect. If I feed my feelings, what grow? My emotions. And I want you to understand that all through the day, 24 hours a day, which part do you feed most of the time? Ask yourself, which part do you feed most of the time? So if you're feeding yourself with gossips, old wives' tales, Novels, soapies, movies, 
TV dramas, especially the Korean drama series, the Chinese drama series, <laughs> the romantic drama series, the violent drama series. So which part are you feeding? Come on, tell me. Your spirit, your soul, or your body, which part are you feeding? Your soul. And if you're feeding your soul all the time, guess what? You are a soulish Christian. A soulish Christian lives by his or her soul. What he or she thinks, her opinions, his thoughts, experiences in the human realm. Living by emotions, how I feel at the time. Discouraged, sad, hurt, frustrated, angry. How I feel at the time, joyful, happy. Because my husband had just bought me a diamond ring. But then as soon as he didn't buy you anything, you felt rejected. That's a soulish Christian. A soulish Christian has no power over the devil. You hear me? A soulish Christian live by what's around him or her. Live by natural stimulations. Live by natural evidences. And therefore has no power with God. No power with men. You and I don't want to be a soulish Christian. You can't afford to live by your soul and be successful. You will never be successful being a soulish Christian. You have to be a spiritual Christian to have power over the devil. Can we say amen? Come on, lift up your hands with me and say, I am a spiritual Christian. I'm born of the spirit. I am spiritual, not soulish, not worldly. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. I want you to understand, please understand that movies and drama and all those series, novels, they are very deceptive. Movies, how many of us know that they use good-looking people? Good-looking male and good-looking female actors, actresses, and together with a well-planned, well-organized plot to manipulate the emotions of the audience. How many of us know that when you're watching a movie, when you're watching YouTube movies or YouTube drama, or when you're going to a cinema, what do you do? You stop your spirit and you watch like, And that's what the devil wants from you. Because he can just, you know, throw in all the junk. He just throw in all the junk into you. Because you are so passive. And don't think that the actors and actresses are there to entertain you. No. They go from movie to movie. That's actually fornication. They go from movie and movie. And you accept that. And you like that. You're being lied to. You're being talked to. You are being ministered to by devils, by demons. And then in your real life, you're going after romance. In your real life, all the teenagers, young people, listen to me. Don't look for romance. Look for character. Can we say an amen? 
Can I have the teenagers raise your hands to me? Come on. Lift up your hands. Okay. Yes. Amen. Say with me. I'm not after romance. I'm after character. Character. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. And what do you think? Those movie makers, what are they after? They pay the actors. They pay the actresses. They pay the one giving them the plot. Amen. And the plot is very well organized, very well researched. Why? Why? They are after your money for commercial gain. So don't be victimized. Am I saying, well, Pastor Doris is saying, don't watch movies anymore. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is be wise. Say to the person next to you, be wise. Amen. Be wise. They are fake. They are fake. They are lies. So don't fall for them hook, line, and sinker. All right? Don't fall for them hook, line, and sinker. Can we say amen? People are people. They have faults. People, we have faults. We have weaknesses. We have a problem with faithfulness. We have a problem with distractions. So don't be unrealistic. Don't be unrealistic in your expectations. Amen. In your marriage, in your parenting relationships. Can we say amen? Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. So let me ask you, has the devil used human affections or attractions for evil? Yes or no? Yes, of course. Like what? Overeating? Yes. I was very hungry last night and I didn't want to cook. And guess what I had? Instant noodles. And that I regretted after that. Because it was giving me a little bit of headache, you know, with the, uh, what's that, MSG. So, you know, that's because I just wanted to eat. Not really because I was hungry, okay? So overeating, drugs, chemicals, pornographic images and videos that give people a high or a release of dopamine. And some can be chasing after their feelings all their lives. I was like that before I got born again. I was so soulish. I was so emotional. I just wanted people to make me feel good. I wanted to enjoy feeling good all the time. I'm sure that's not the way we want to live now. Can we say amen? Amen. I'm not undermining romantic love. But I want you to understand that true love is not a flickering, unstable human sentiment. When we talk about love, we're talking about holy and holy emotion, a spiritual force, a supernatural power that comes from God. As I've told you, Valentine is actually, was actually a martyr. And look at what they have made of him now. They've made of him a romantic figure. So it's very important for us to discern, to recognize the difference between lust and holy emotions. Now, when we talk about lust, it can be not just sexual lust. It can be the lust after money. It can be the lust after self-gain. It can be the lust for whatever that gratifies you. It's important for us to understand what true love is, 
and what lust is. So we will not be fooled. We will not be manipulated. We will not be victimized by the enemy of our soul. Can we say amen? We need to understand that there is a vacuum. There is a void in every human being. There is a void in you. And that's why you're forever chasing. That's why you're forever after something. We try to fill that void with achievement, with romance, with material gain, with pleasures, with entertainment, with material possessions, with the acquisition of titles, social positions. But you'll notice that that void can never be filled with those things. And that's why you see the celebrities in our days, the movie stars, the high achievers, they are still after drugs. They are still after entertainment because that void can never be filled except by the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you ask me, how come Christians are like that too? Because there are many religious Christians. There are many dutiful Christians who don't live by the love of God. They only live by doctrines. They only live by a religion, only live by a sense of duty. They feel good if they have fulfilled their duty. They feel bad if they have not fulfilled their duty. And for them, God is like somebody high up with a standard And if they don't meet that standard, they feel guilty, they feel frustrated, they feel ashamed of themselves. How can you feel, how can you receive the love of God when you're constantly living in shame and guilt and frustrations? And that's why it's very, very important that we don't treat people that way. So don't treat your sons and daughters with a lot of condemnation and guilt and shame and standards. Because you are portraying to them that God is somebody up there who is always trying to judge them. And that's why Romans chapter 8, tell me what's, what's in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. What's in Romans chapter 8, verse 1? Come on, tell me. There is, therefore, now no condemnation. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Once you're born again, don't live by condemnation. Once you're born again, don't live by shame and guilt. Kick them out. Rebuke them. The devil tries to focus you on your flesh. But the word of God says that now you are no longer in the flesh, but in the spirit. That's how you know that you're born again. You are no longer in the flesh, but in the spirit. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Remember, when we talk about God, we're talking about our creator. Jesus gave us the revelation because you don't have that revelation in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, even people like Moses, people like David, they had never called God their father. But in the New Testament, Jesus gave us that revelation, gave us that relationship, that intimate relationship, that God, who is the creator of humanity, who is the creator of mankind, God, who is the creator of this whole universe, the creator of this whole existence, he is your father. 
He's the most perfect father. The most loving and accepting father. There is no rejection in him. God never rejects you. Well, you say, oh, Pastor Dora, are you giving people a license to sin and telling them that God won't reject them? Yes. For God so loved the world. Guess what? It's a sinful world. The world is full of sinners. The world is full of sinners. For God so what? For God so what? For God so what? Are you sure it's not hate? Are you sure that he's not angry with? For God so loved the world that he gave his only, he gave his only begotten son. And your part, my part, that whosoever, whosoever will, not whosoever will not. Don't spend all your time on the whosoever will not. Whosoever will believe in him. Whosoever will believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting, everlasting eternal life, both in this world and in the world to come. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Awesome. Amen. Amen. Don't focus on yourself. The devil wants you to look at yourself, to look at your flesh, to focus on your feelings. Because he knows that as soon as he can get you to focus on your feelings, he can have you. Once you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, your salvation is real. Your salvation is real. Your salvation is real. People are not faithful, but God is faithful. And he's faithful to watch over you. He's faithful to protect you. He's faithful to lead you. He's faithful to guide you. He's faithful to correct you. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. We can be faithful because God is faithful. Husband and wife, you can be faithful to each other. Why? Because God is in the midst of your marriage. Your relationship can be good, more than just romantic, but mature and strong and faithful. Why? Because God is in your relationship. And your children partake of the blessings of this faithful and pure and sincere and true relationship. Can we say amen? Amen. Be very careful that you don't focus your eyes on people. Because as soon as you're looking at people, you've missed God. A lot of people try, even Christians, trying to deduce what God is like by looking at people. Well, God is very caring. God is very loving. And as a result of that, you keep pampering people and you lose God. Your eyes must be on him. Your eyes must be on him. Your eyes must be on him. Can we say amen? That's how he directs your life. It's like when you're driving, you need to know where you're going. Your vision directs your driving. Your vision directs your driving. Your vision directs your living. 
You must have a vision for your marriage. You must have a vision for your business. You must have a vision for your family. Your vision will direct everything that you do. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Can I ask you to look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 to 24? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. If you are a Christian and you seldom read your Bible, you are deceiving yourself. You can never grow in the Lord. You can never be true to God without the Word of God. I was a Catholic. Until I got born again to become a Christian. And one big difference was that when I was a Catholic, I did not know my Bible. I did not know the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is not a spirit of feelings. Too many Christians trying to look for the Holy Ghost in their feelings. I feel the presence of God. I don't feel the presence of God. I feel the love of my husband. I don't feel the love of my wife. No, you've gone astray. I feel that my pastor loves me. I feel that my pastor doesn't care for me. You've got it wrong because you're in the feeling realm. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of what? Truth. He's the spirit of truth. And truth supersedes all the facts. Feelings come from the facts. By his stripes, I was And I am healed. When I was in Bangkok, one morning, suddenly, I felt that I had like urinary infection. It was so painful. It was all of a sudden so painful. And I went to the toilet and I rebuked the devil. I said, devil, get out. Take your hand off my urinary tract. Get out in the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, blank truth. At that instant, I was completely healed. All the pain left. All the pain left me. All the pain left me instantaneously. I was not looking for God in the feelings. Don't look for God in the feelings. Can we say amen? Your feelings will always lead you astray. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then you put on the new man, which after God, it's created in what? Come on, read this together with me. One, two, three. Righteousness and true holiness. A lot of times we don't feel righteous. A lot of times we don't feel holy. We don't feel. We don't feel holy. We don't feel righteous. And somebody can come to you and say, yeah, that's right. You're not holy. You're, right. You're not righteous at all. And then you say, oh, yeah, they're right. <laughs> no, they're wrong. And you were wrong too because you were created, created, created in righteousness and true holiness. Come on, lift up your hands with me. Come on, say it with me. I am created. In righteousness and true holiness. What are we doing? You are feeding your spirit. Remember what I said just now? Whatever you feed grows. So you feed your spirit. And what happened to you? That righteousness grows. What happened to you? That holiness grows. Remember, I said to you, once you are born again, you don't live in tragedies anymore. Your life is no longer tragic. 
Don't be a crying Christian. Don't always feel ashamed and guilty before God. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. You know, some Christians, they think the sadder I am, the more tears, you know, that I shed, the more holier I am. No, no. Can we say amen? Let me ask you a question. Is it the sorrows of the Lord is your strength? What is your strength? The joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Not the sorrows of the Lord. Can we say amen? Very, very important. You are already a new man. How many of you have you bought like a new shirt or a new set of clothes that you would take good care of that set of clothes, right? Because it's new. You don't want it to become old. Isn't that right? So keep your newness. Keep your newness. Come on. Say to yourself, keep my newness. You are new. You are new. Don't put on your old clothes anymore. Amen. Amen. You smell good. You smell clean. (laughs) Amen. Glory be to God. Say to the person next to you, I smell good. I smell clean. Glory be to God. Amen. You know, I know that for somebody who had grown up with parents that were always, you know, chastising them or telling them they're bad, they're no good. And, uh, you know, you, you grew up with that kind of like always being beaten up, always being bullied. It's like, it seems like it's not right for me to praise myself. <laughs> God wants you to appreciate yourself. God wants you to appreciate yourself. Can I have an amen? God wants you to think good about yourself. God wants you to see you as yourself as somebody important. Because that's who you are. That's what he has made you. And if you don't have that, you're always trying to get it from others. And you'll be frustrated. And you'll be mad because people don't praise you. But when you're in that security, when you're in that contentment, amen, you stand strong. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Okay, what is lust? Lust is will, thoughts, and feelings that drive, compel, obsess, and dictate. And lust can grow from being human, human lust, to becoming demonic. Demonic lust can become invasive. What do I mean by that? Voices start talking to you. Images start appearing to you. Dreams start haunting you. Thoughts become tormenting, obsessive, and compulsive. Feelings become driving, overwhelming, and the will becomes stubborn and violent. That's the presence of lust and lustful demons. Lust robs us of our nobility and our spirituality. Words like to err is human become appealing to you. And you start to experience frequent surges of rebellion, anger against God, perceiving or feeling that God is controlling Hard to please, a terrifying judge, and you would 
go away from prayer meetings. You would stay away from church even. And you would choose atheism over Christianity. And you would choose cults over godly spirituality. And then you sink deeper and deeper into self-gratification, self-righteousness, the pleasures of men, and then you reject what is righteous and godly as being harsh, unreasonable, and demanding. That's how the devil destroys people for eternity. Lust also perverts people from righteousness. People are lied to, beguiled, confused, and blinded. What was wrong became right. That's the woke culture. And also lust devour you of your value, of your worth. Violence becomes admirable. And you're watching a movie that is full of blood and violence and fightings all the time and enjoying that violence as entertainment. It chains you down with bestiality, pervert sex, oral sex, masturbation. Sex becomes so filthy and so dirty because that's what they did to the goddess Aphrodite, the goddess Venus, and that's what Cupid would do. Sex became a human sacrifice. Sex defiles and corrupts. Homosexuality, instead of using what God has created for sex to happen, they're using the most dirty, the dirtiest part of the body. And eating what is dirty. With the mouth and the tongue, which God has ordained for power, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And the devil used it and perverted it for sex. Are you listening to me? And the hands. The word of God says that God has anointed your hands for war and your fingers for battle and you're using them for masturbation. Can you see the ugliness of demons? The perversity of devils. Lust chains you down with bestiality. With feelings of lust, self-gratification, hostility, and animosity. Let's talk about human love. Human love, one has to feel good. The reason why I know that I'm loved is because I feel good. And I feel fulfilled. Human love must be mutual. I can no longer love you because you don't reciprocate my love. The main issue with that is that if we don't reciprocate, then you experience frustrations. And human love has a lot of ulterior motives. I marry you because you're going to satisfy me. Because you're going to make me feel good. You're going to be my washing machine. You're going to be my rice cooker. And you're going to be my lawnmower. <laughs> my handyman. Human love has a lot of motives, expectations, standards, conditions. As soon as the husband walks into the house and he's angry with his wife, why? Because the house is in a mess. Because human love has expectations. 
as soon as the wife gets into the house and things are not done, the curtains, you know, still broken, the husband hasn't fixed it, she gets angry. Why? Because human love has expectations. Or if a husband is not bringing money into the house, not going out to work, why are you not working? You have married me. Do you expect me to work and feed you? You all look at me like, <laughs> human love has soul ties. Human love entangles. Human love can be very uh, complicated. Romantic love, the best for romantic love is to mature, to become a bonding love. Romantic love that matures to become a bonding love, which is good. It provides stability and faithfulness. Human love, the Word of God says, that has failures and sorrows, disappointments, hurts, and that's why people separate. The strongest, you know, the strongest of the human love is parental love. The strongest human love is parental love. I'm sure you understand. Now, come on, sigh, a sigh of relief with me. Because <sighs> we're now going to talk about divine love. <laughs> divine love. You okay? Now, listen up. Divine love comes from God because God is love. God doesn't have love. He is love. Divine love is pure. It has no ulterior motive, no preset conditions, nor judgments. If you're always emphasizing the judgments of God, you have missed it. Because God would have judged us. He wouldn't have given us mercy and time and grace. We are the ones condemning ourselves. Understand that. Divine love is beneficial. It's free from all ties. Divine love seeks to bless the object of love, the recipient, asking for no return. Amen. Divine love assures, comforts, secures, satisfies, and fuels you up to the point that you are lack of no good. How do I know that I'm being loved of God and I'm enjoying that love and knowing that love when there is nothing lacking in my heart? When I'm not nervous, I'm not concerned that people love me or hate me because you are contented on the inside. Divine love promotes you, elevates and raises you up to the rank of nobility. Come on, say with me, nobility. Amen. Nobility is made up of righteousness and holiness. The righteousness and the holiness of God will promote you to the rank of nobility. You are the kings and the priests of God. Can we say amen? Divine love gives you victory, rulership, dominion over devils, over whatever is evil, wicked, and destructive. The source of divine love. Tell me, what is that? Who is the source of divine love? God. Listen to me. You cannot generate divine love yourself. 
you cannot generate. You can't generate it. You have to receive it. You have to receive it. You can't generate it. All right, listen to this and write it down if you can. We must know to ascertain that divine love. We must understand to desire. Ask to receive. Believe to experience. Give to multiply the divine love. I'll say it one more time. We must know to ascertain. Understand to desire. Ask to receive. Believe to experience. Give to multiply. Amen. Now, can I ask you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in the Amplified Bible? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In fact, the love is so powerful that Jesus actually coined a new word to express what he was trying to say. And it's the word agape. All right? So when you see the word love, it's actually the original agape. All right? If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. If I can speak in the tongues of men, well, I've just met uh, Antonio who could speak seven, seven languages, praise the Lord. Tongues of men and even of angels, they speak in tongues. But have not that love, that agape, what is that agape? What is it? Reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion. So when I'm walking in the love of God, I'm being intentional. I'm using my spiritual reasoning, and I'm devoted to God. And remember, the love of God, that divine love, is already in you, inspired by God's love for and in us. You already receive it, and you are always receiving it. It's moving towards you, and it's in you. And that love inspires you to greatness. How many of you can appreciate the value of inspiration? How many of you, you know, you've heard of Beethoven? You've heard of Mozart? You've heard all the Picasso, right? All the famous uh, Michelangelo. The power of inspiration. Inspiration comes from God. Amen. And that love in you inspires you, inspires you to greatness. Amen. Amen. And uh, if you look at verse, uh, let's continue with verse 3. Let's continue with verse 3. Can we go to verse 3? So verse 3, you see, once again, it's the love of God in you. Can you see that? Verse 3, God's love in you. God's love in you is within the brackets. God's love in you. Say with me, God's love is in me. So you just have to recognize that love, pick up that love, follow that love, and yield to that love, and practice that love. All right? Now let's go to verse 4. Verse 4. Okay? Are you okay? Okay, this is the most important part of the, of the service. Love endures long. Verse uh, 4. Verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Love endures long and is patient and is kind. So what is that telling me? Love has its standing power. 
The word of God says, having done all else, stand and stand therefore. When you're operating in the love of God, nothing can knock you down. Nothing can knock you down because love stands strong. Endures long, patient, and is kind. Okay, look at the next part. Love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful, nor vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. So what is the nature of love? What is the nature of that divine love? It's selfless. When you say, my husband is hurting me, my wife is hurting me, my children, they're frustrating me. Let me ask you, who is the focus? Who is the focus? Me. Me. So let me ask you, are you walking in love? No. And no wonder you fail. Because you're not walking in love. Then you can't multiply. If it's always me, 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 that's not love. That's lust. Me is lust. God is love. Come on, say to the person next to you, me is lust, God is love. Amen. Now let's go to verse 5. You need to go through this again yourself, okay? Go to verse 5. Love, uh, go to verse 5. Love is not divine love. It's not conceited, not arrogant and inflated with pride. It is not rude. It is not unmannerly. does not add unbecomingly. So love is very authentic. Love is very gracious. Love is very gentle. We're talking about the love of God. Amen. Amen. And continue, God's love in us does not insist on his own rights or his own way. I have the right to sue you. Of course you have the right. But love does not insist on his own rights. Love is selfless. It's own way. And it's not self-seeking. It is not touchy. If you're always offended, easily offended, you're not operating in love. And the thing is that when you're not operating in love, you're operating in lust. And lust will destroy you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not self-seeking. It is not touchy. It is not fretful. It is not resentful. Well, she did this to me and that's why I'm like this. What is that? That's being resentful. Remember, Jesus said, you no longer repay evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. It's no longer an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That is the nature of the devil. Now we have the nature of God. God's nature is love. God is love. Can we say amen? And what do you do? You affirm it. Come on, say with me, I have divine love. God's nature is in me. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Let's continue. So, love, God's love in us. Let's continue. Let, let's uh, go to the next slide. It is not self-seeking. It is not touchy. It is not res resentful. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. So, love has 
righteousness and holiness as its substance. And that's why it is not reactive, and that's, not, that's why it's not provocative. Remember, who could not go into the promised land? Moses, why? Because he became resentful. He became frustrated. So instead of obeying God, he reacted. And because God's nature is love. And he makes no compromise for anyone. Moses could not enter into the promised land. So there are many, many promises that God has for you. The promise of prosperity. The promise of health and healing. Divine health I'm talking about. The promise of joy and peace in your household. The promise of provision, open doors for you. Amen. Your business, God, to promote you. Your family to multiply. Your sons and daughters blessing you. So don't lose your promised land. By being easily offended. By being resentful. By being, you know, living by hostility and anger. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. So love, the love of God is secure and firm, self-sufficient, and it stays above. Amen. Look at verse 7. Verse 7. Look at verse 7. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Wow. Like when I read this, I remember there was a time I had to go to my Amplified Bible, and I just sat there, opening my Amplified Bible, and I said, Dora, bears up under anything and everything that comes. Dora is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Amen. The hopes are faithless under all circumstances and endures everything without weakening. And I say that again and again and again and again. What was I doing? I was feeding my spirit. I was feeding my spirit and renewing my mind. Remember I told you, we can't generate this. We can't generate this. We can only receive. Amen. We can only receive. Deposit it into yourself. You know and you know. That's why Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Oh, God, I can't meet this standard. It's true. You cannot meet the standard. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. That's why we need Jesus. You can't be a Christian by yourself. No way. So don't beat yourself up. Receive help. That's why the Holy Ghost is called what? The helper, the standby. Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I say to the person next to you, no shame and no condemnation. Amen. Hallelujah. So love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. It's hopes of faithless under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. So the love of God, divine love is invincible. Demons tremble at the love of God. It's invincible. Glory be to God. Amen. Glory be to God. So don't beat up your kids and say, how can you be so unloving towards your, your schoolmates or your friends? Instead, tell your kids, I understand. I've been there. We need help from God. Can we say amen? 
Hallelujah. Don't allow your children to grow up with your condemnation. It's very, very, um, what's the word? Fatal. And if you are the one that had grown up with condemnation, lift up your hands and receive God's deliverance. Completely delivered you. God completely delivers you from condemnation. Amen. Glory be to God. Verse 8, love never. Verse 8, verse 8, love never fails. Never face out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. Divine love is eternal. It never weakens. Instead, it grows stronger and stronger. Amen. Let me finish with this. I repeat this. We must know to ascertain divine love. Understand to desire. You need to desire. Okay? Know, understand, desire. Ask to receive. Believe to experience. Give. This is the thing. What's the difference between lust and love? Lust is self-gratifying. The lust after money. Why? Because you don't get money for others. You get money for yourself. That's hoarding. But the way of God is giving, 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 giving. So you give out your love. You give out the love of God. And the more you give, the more you receive. The more you give, the more you receive. And you don't need to demand anybody to reciprocate. Because it's better to receive from God than to receive from men. Amen. Glory be to God. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. Glory be to God. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Glory be to God. If you have not asked Jesus to come into your heart as your Lord and your Savior. Jesus is the executive, the CEO of the love of God. And if you have not asked him to come into your life as your Lord, as your master, as your, as your king, I encourage you to ask now. He will give you the love that no man can give you. If you have not known the Holy Spirit, if you have not heard its voice on the inside of you, if, you, if you've not been moved by the Holy Ghost, can I ask you to lift up your hand right now? I want to ask you, don't miss out on God. Somebody say, I can still wait. Yes, you can wait while there's still time. There are some that don't go to God until they are crushed, until they're broken, until things get really bad. My advice for you is don't wait till things get bad. Why don't you start early to have a good life? And when you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, your marriage sweetens, your health becomes strong. Your mind gets bright. Your relationships prosper. Your peace settles. So can I ask you at this moment to lift up your hand to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Amen. If you have not done so, 
before. You have nothing to lose, but you have a lot to gain. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. Any, anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. And if you are already, I see that hand. If you are already a Christian, can I ask you to desire more? To desire and to hunger for the love of God more and more and more for yourself and also to manifest through you for the people around you. If that's the desire of your heart, please stand with me. If that's the desire of your heart, stand with me. For the love of God to fill you to the overflowing. Fill you to the overflowing. Amen. To fill you as his vessels for the people around you. Amen. And also God put in my heart for those of you that have been mistreated in the past. For those of you that have suffered a lot of heartache hurtful relationships in the past. God is healing you right now. God is healing you right now. Anyone who has suffered in the past from hurtful relationships, including hurts from parents, hurts from partners, hurts from your spouses, the Lord is healing you right now. Receive that healing. Receive that healing. Amen. I also declare freedom over you. Freedom. That you're no longer held in bondage and captivity. That you're no longer held in bondage and captivity to somebody else. You're no longer imprisoned by somebody else's judgment. You're no longer imprisoned by somebody else's approval. You're no longer imprisoned by somebody else's hurtful words. You're no longer imprisoned by your ulterior, by your ulterior and inferior self-image. You're no longer living by your inferior image anymore. You're no longer living by self-doubt. You're no longer always trying to get approval, always trying to be good and never can be best. You are the best. You are the best. You are the best. You are the best. Nobody can replace you. Nobody can be as good as you are. You are unique, unique, significant, important to your Father, to God, your Creator, your Maker, to Jesus, your Savior, to the Holy Ghost, your Shepherd. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father God, as your pastor, I speak your blessing over your people. The power to prosper, the power to prosper spirit and soul and body, to prosper in the mind with godliness, righteousness, to prosper in the temperament, holy emotions, righteous feelings, godly passions, to prosper in the will, the will of the Father, the will of the Father, the will of the love of God to manifest in your life, to prosper internally and externally. Doors will be opened for you. Opportunities will come to you. 
Amen. And you will have favor with God and favor with men. And you will receive God's friendship. You will receive people that God send into your life to build you up, to strengthen you, to edify you, to appreciate you, to comfort you, to counsel you. People that are sent by your father into your life. People, amen, that God will send you to, to build their life, to strengthen them, to empower them, to bless them, to encourage them. People will be your blessings, no longer your curses. People will be your joy and your delight, no longer your burdens. People will be sent to you, into your lives to bless you. And you will be sent into the lives of those that need you, that need your blessing, that need your encouragement. Father, I give you thanks. I give you praise. I give you all the glory. I give you all the honor in Jesus' name. Everybody say, Amen. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. Amen.